Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we talk about the departure of Corey and Stratus, the recent developer update, and leaks for the anniversary event. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the gameplay section of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Hopefully you've been having a great week. Watch some good Overwatch, play some good games of your own. How's your week in gaming been, Kevin? Uh, it's been pretty good. I actually uh, played a few games of Overwatch this weekend, uh, straight away from the Valorant gameplay for a while. Uh, I needed something where I felt like I was actually doing something. Uh <laughs> Valorant is very aim intensive. Uh, Overwatch is more gameplay, like game knowledge intensive. So, mm-hmm. like, just me knowing how the game and the flow of the game works is really my kind of gameplay. Uh, yeah. So, when I was playing Overwatch, I'm like, okay, I don't have to worry so much about my aim. If you're playing Reinhardt, you know, like, literally the middle part of your screen is your is your crosshair. If you can hit that, you're good. Uh, it's like, as long as they're within range, right? Um, Can't aim tank, but. Man. Yeah, can't aim tank, man. Uh, live up to that 100%. So when it came to like playing Overwatch again, it was a lot of fun, honestly. I played with a bunch of people who I haven't played with in a long time. Um, like It was not all of my old teammates, but like friends of friends of my old teammates. So they were like, oh, man. Like The, the guy who brought me into the group was like, man, we haven't played in a while. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't. <laughs> and he's like how good are you still? And I'm like, <laughs> ah, don't ask my rank. <laughs> I'll tell you that later. Um, but we played and we kind of had like the same like mindset again. I was like, okay, yep, I can, I can shatter. I can outplay the, I could block this one. I could do that. Um, playing with echo though, still freaky. Not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, the most, the most uh, panic inducing thing you could ever hear is, uh, Duplication activated Reinhardt, and I'm like, oh no! <laughs> like, I have to worry about blocking like three shatters in a row. <laughs> I'm like, okay, guys, I'm not gonna shield until I hear hear hammers going down. Yeah, and like and you even can't... after you kill the, uh, that new Reinhardt, you still have to kill the Echo again. Yeah, and I feel like the hardest part is like the breaking the habit of knowing that there's an Echo who copied you. And knowing that you have to block the second shatter. Because yeah. the first shatter, you can read easy. Like, you you hear the hammer and you're like, oh, hammer, and you're just like, block. Okay, here we go. Block that. 
And then the instant reaction to that is to throw a fire strike immediately. So I would hold up the shield and then I'd put it down and then you would hear the other one like half a second later and you're like, oh, well, I'm on <laughs> cooldown. Okay. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, who, who let someone in our back line? Or you get like, you get double teamed. So you like see one, you see the echo in front of you and you're like, I got to block that shatter first. And then the other Reinhardt's behind you and he shatters you and you're like, all right, I can't have two shields at the same time, okay? That's just not how it works. <laughs> it was just, it's just a hard game uh, when you know that there's two Echoes in the game or two Reinhardt's in the game. It's just a shatter sandwich at that point. Yeah. Uh, it, that's exactly like what it is. But that's not, that's not a sandwich I think I, w- I would like to see in my games or, or anywhere really. Yeah. I feel like that one's pretty pretty like suffocating the other one is still like zarya believe it or not um the diva one is always the scariest not gonna lie like you you know your diva player is playing off somewhere and then you just hear like a duplication complete a diva and you just hear like you're you hold your shield up and you're like okay that's gonna break and then you hear their first diva bomb go straight up it's that um did you ever play dodgeball in like PE and like they use the lob and drill on you? Have you ever heard it? You've heard of that tactic before? No. What is that? Okay. So the lob and drill, if you guys haven't played dodgeball in a while, it is like a big, it's the biggest debate in the world. What you do is one teammate throws a ball straight up in the air, right? And people will look at it and it will be like, oh, that's an easy out, right? But while their eyes are there, the other one just like the other, the rest of the team is just chucking balls at everybody who's not looking or everybody who is looking at the ball gets hit in the face before they have the chance to grab the one that will get them out classic case of misdirection yeah so you you essentially throw the first one straight up and they're like oh okay that's cool and so that's what happens with the diva bomb like it goes straight up and you're like okay i gotta block that one and then the other one just slides on the ground like (laughs) right in front of you and you're like uh, (laughs) ah like uh, okay <laughs> this is this it's is like happening. that meme this is bait this is bait yeah bait. it's like this is fine you just see like two diva bombs above you you don't know which one to block and if you block the first one right like within point blank the other one's gonna break your shield or your shield's gonna break on the first one and then you get killed by the second one so yeah don't give them diva and if you see an echo copy diva Pop her mech immediately. Do not let her get self-destruct off at all. Like that is that is the only way to play that. I think just in general, Echo is a, a bait character. I feel like when people see her and she duplicates, I feel like people the way at least what I've been seeing is they'll immediately focus on that and they'll ignore pretty much everything else because you don't want her to get that ultimate. So like it's bait in that way. Also like when she does get the ultimate, she can just kind of bait you out that way. It does drag your attention to it, but it really does depend on who she copies. Um, I've seen my friend who plays Echo a lot um, has copied literally either the tank or the support line, usually does the best. Um, as yeah. long as they don't accidentally copy Lucio, I think you're pretty good. Um, Brig, Baptiste, and Ana are the three top that he copies if he has the option to because you have that utility. Um, and also anti-nade is insane still. Oh yeah, um, still. And then tanks wise, you know, Roadhog gives you a free, a free ult. Uh, Reinhardt is just scary to play against. 
and uh, Diva. Diva's just free lob and drill all day. Okay, so let's get into the. Uh... Oh, I remember what I was gonna say. Uh, I posted my photos of that you sent me of the sushi that you made for your birthday, and like people were messaging me like, "Hey, hey, why didn't you invite me to go out with sushi with you? Because that looks amazing." So, <laughs> Kevin, your sushi skills are appreciated by our my friends on the internet. That's cool. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I I was uh, I had the full. How can I describe it? Yo, uh, Gordon Ramsay experience, just learning how to cut sushi correctly for a while. Um, but now I have it, so I, I know how to I know how to present it properly. Um, but yeah, uh, anytime after quarantine, I I wouldn't mind. You, you just tell me what you want in the cake, and I'll I'll definitely make it. Ooh, sushi. Okay. Anyway, to Overwatch, which is what we are having this podcast for. So, um, big news this week. This is the first time that the uh, Vancouver Titans, I was going to say Tennessee Titans, but that's a completely different sport. Uh, the Vancouver Titans have going, are going to be playing with this new roster after their original one imploded. Um, so they picked up six new players who are um, on their DPS line. They have Dalton and Suna uh, on their tank line. They've got KSAA or... They're saying it like KSA, which confuses me because we have KSP and KSF already. Um, Shredlock on tank. Um, and on the uh, healers, we've got Rolf and Karkar. So they have those six in their lineup. I think it's that's all they've got for right now. They're in the Boston Uprising position where they can only play six players because they only have six players. Um, these players were taken off. I believe all of them, if not most of them, were taken from the second wind contenders team. And yeah, they had their first two rounds this weekend. The matchups this week are the Dragons versus the Dynasty, the Hunters versus the Spitfire, the Charge versus the NYXL, the Eternal versus the Gladiators, the Justice versus the Titans, the Outlaws versus the Rain, and the Valiant versus the Uprising for the first seven matches on day one. Um, we'll get to day two later. Um, but the way these turned out was Dragons v. Dynasty was a 2-3 for the Dynasty. The Spitfire took a 3-0 off the Hunters. The Charge took a 3-1 off the NYXL, which really surprised me. Um, the Eternal beat the Gladiators 3-1. Justice took a 3-1 off the Titans. The Outlaws lost to the Rain 0-3. Valiant beat the Uprising 3-0. And uh, this week's hero band was Ash, Reaper, Ryan, and Brig. Which ones did you watch this weekend, Kevin? Because on day one, I watched the Dragons versus the Dynasty. I watched uh, Hunters versus Spitfire, uh, the Charge versus the NYXL, uh, Justice versus the Titans. And yeah, those those are the four that I watched on day one. Uh, on day one, I mainly stuck around for the Justice versus the Titans just because it was Stratus's last match. Um, yeah. I did not catch the early, you know, the Chinese games sadly um but i did watch oh i watched a few games on day two um but for the most part it was like day one i only caught like the the top of the bill uh justice versus the titans because not only was it you know stratus's last match it was also the first time that we get to see the new titans so right i wanted to just see how they how they played um but yeah that that's pretty much the only one that i like really gave 100% into. Mm-hmm. Of course, I, I think that's 
that's the matchup that pretty much everyone was going to pay attention to simply because of you know those two factors that it's pretty much the end of the dps line as we know it for the washington justice and we're getting a first look at what's happening with the uh the titans um but to start the uh the dragons versus the dynasty the dragons are continuing their dominance throughout the league um depending on who you ask the dragons are the number one team in the league not just in the asian region um and the soul have lost three quarters of their last matches so Aside from their very first dominant win off the Hunters, they've not been doing the greatest. Um, so this actually was a win for the Dynasty, and it was surprising to see because um, this was a 2-3, so they the Dragons did give a fight, and I was actually surprised to see that the Dynasty um, won at all. Like they, they start very strongly, but again, they're facing against the Dragons, who are one of the most dominant teams in the league. Um, I think really what what it was this week, I don't know how they managed to um, to figure it out, but the Dynasty were a lot better at engaging and getting value out of their alts here. They are, they're getting better value in, uh, out of their pushes, and it's, it's refreshing to see them try to be um, more aggressive because in the past couple of weeks, they're, they're just all over the place. Um, Let me see, what else did I write? I mean, essentially all it really was, was the uh, the dynasty figured out what they were doing. I think that all these losses, they they probably figured out what their, their problem areas were. They figured out how to be more aggressive and to, to pair better as players and as a team. And I think if this is anything to judge by, because I think next week they're playing against the Hunters. So they're going against the team that they've won against before. If they're able to take this win off the the uh, the Dragons, which are like I I never expected them to beat, but if they can do this, then I think maybe we'll start to see a resurgence of who the the Soul Dynasty were before. Yeah, I do agree. The uh, Dynasty just needed to kind of find their footing, um, and just like. Um, you know, the London Spitfire and the teams that, you know, made the dynasty who they are now. Um, they play a lot better when they have time to play against their opponents. Um, right. The, the, longer, the longer the games go, the faster they start picking up on things. So they start picking up on your tendencies and they start, like, figuring out how your team lays out according to, you know, the game. Um, we saw this firsthand when Profit... Uh, literally went one v one against the entire fusion <laughs> during season one grand finals. Like that was, he like read the book on. Essentially, he the the Spitfire originally had a Kindle that was slowly downloading, you know the the fusion playbook, and then by the time you give them like two or three maps in, they're like, all right, we we got it downloaded. We know what you're doing, um, and yeah, they figure it out pretty quickly. So. Um, if anything, this isn't like an upswing for the dynasty. I, I really like this look for them. Um, but honestly, the dragons are still a really strong powerhouse. They're they're just because they've lost one match here doesn't mean that they're they're gone and out. They're still a really scary team to play against. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> come on. They're the 
they're the dragons. I mean, like one loss isn't going to do anything to them. They're still a supremely strong team. And this wasn't a steamroll at all. This was a very close matchup. So this is not to lose any faith in the, the, the dragons as a team. This is just a, Oh, the dynasty did well for once moment. Um, so moving on to the hunters versus the spitfire. Uh, this was an absolute steamroll from the London Spitfire. I wasn't expecting it from them because, I mean, we haven't really seen them play in a long time. And, I mean, to be frank, the last times they played were kind of so-so. The London Spitfire came in, and as much as I dislike the Hunters, they do have some some solid strategies. But, like, this week they were looking especially weak. I don't know what it was. I think, again, Jinmu is really the only bright spot on this Hunters team for me. Maybe Amang when they can get the, the, ham, the Hammond to play. Um, but this week, the, the Hunters were playing just as close to meta as they could. A lot of May McCree or sniper battles when they could get them. I would say the only really interesting point for me was seeing uh, the Echo Farah comp out of the Hunters. They, they used it on the first mat round on Li Zhang on Garden. And it was actually very effective. It, it's one of those things where if you don't deal with Echo and Farah at the same time, uh, your team gets clapped. And I wish that they they kind of kept this rolling with, with Chengdu. But yeah, they, they decided not to. Yeah. Like, I, again, I don't like the Hunters. But I mean, it, had you kept the Farah Echo going, I would have just... I kind of wanted, would have wanted them to win just for that comp because for the longest time I've wanted to see another flying hero so we could have like dogfights and Echo plays a lot faster than Farah so it's a lot more, um, it's a lot more of a possibility to, to, to do that now. Yeah, so moving on to the Charge versus the New York Excelsior. Um, I, I was watching this one just to see if the New York Excelsior could keep up their winning streak, which... They did not at all. Uh, they so they lost this one three to one, and admittedly, the charge is I think for me the second strongest team. In well, not really the th- maybe the third strongest team because NYXL I considered to be probably a lot stronger, um, but I, I really don't know what it was. It just felt that the New York Excel weren't playing as themselves. This is just one of those things where you think they they needed to like kind of reset after that last one against the dragons. Um, but yeah, I really don't know what's going on with the New York Excelsior. Like they, they had a really strong presence there. There's a reason why they were sitting at number one for a long time. I, I also think for them, I think they were trying to be, they were trying for big brain plays, but I don't think it worked. They kept using really weird comps that didn't call for it in the moment. Um, just it, it felt like I was watching a Hunter's match rather than a New York Excel match. That's that's really all I have to say. I think that the New York Excelsior need to refocus and not try to be weird. Like they were using a Genji, Doomfist, Hammond, Diva, Anna, and Lucio um, when they were attacking on King's Row. That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, that, yeah, no, that's not how it works. Uh, 
like I don't I don't feel like Doomfist and Genji have any play off each other whatsoever. Like yes, they're both dive, but you can't really pair them up at all. Yeah, that's a full aggressive dive kind of comp. Like with both the Hammond and the Diva as well. Like this is not something that I would have liked to see in anything. Um, I feel like you instead of the Genji, you kind of probably could have went with like a Tracer. Yeah, the same amount of push, and then instead of the Hammond, you would still run the Winston. Um, it's kind of get that backline presence and enough to like harass the Ana would have been a good pick, but I do understand if they wanted to keep the Doom in there for like the one shot potential. But yeah, then you just use Ana to Nano Monkey instead. Or I think the problem here really was the New York itself. I think were yes, teams will play in like. They'll they'll play a lot off their ultimates, but I feel like with the NYXL here, they were way too reliant on that. Like they were banking on the Nano Blade to get them their pushes, and yes, it worked once, but it didn't work again. It just eh. they're they're forcing it too hard. Like the, the Nano Blade is a winning strategy. We've seen it before. It it works, but I feel like. The, the New York XL were playing too rigidly here. They they weren't willing to swap when they needed to. And like we've talked about it before, Kevin. Like even if you've practiced something, if it doesn't work, you need to swap, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's as long as your team is okay with helping you make it work, then yeah, you can make it work a hundred percent. Um, like. And especially if you're running the same thing into into a wall, sometimes you just have to change it. You can't just hope for the best and keep crashing your head into a wall. Um, sometimes you just have to switch it up. And especially after a team like completely counterpicks you, you have to pick something different. Um, so yeah, as long as your team's okay with you switching, then go for it. But honestly, like it has full team decision for the most part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just have to do it. You can't just ask. You can't just like half ass it. You have to go in a hundred percent. This is just a very off week for the New York Excel. I think it hopefully this isn't something that we see from the beginning because I think in general this roster is way too talented to to fall into this trap. So call it an off week and do better next time. Um So let's move on to the Justice versus the Titans, which, I mean, this was, the Titans were, like we said, this is the biggest matchup of the weekend. The Titans just signed their new roster. Corey's leaving the Justice to focus on content creation. Stratus is going to go streaming, but I think he said he's going to stay with the org. Um, And as we said before, the new Titans roster is Dalton, Suna, Shredlock, KSAA, Rolf, and Karkar. Um, and the thing is, like, KSA is in Saudi Arabia right now with high latency. So much like last week, I can't remember who it was. It was the new guy um, on the Paris Eternal. Was That's right. Name? That's right. The new guy in the Eternal who, like, on his on it, even with that high latency and high ping, was still doing extremely well. So, um, yeah, the Titans were on a 14-map losing streak before today. They got one map, so they broke that. Yeah, um, I think this was uh, even though the Titans lost this one, this match in particular, I think was a win for both sides because 
even though the Titans lost, they still took one map against the Justice, which, I mean, Stratus is probably playing out of his mind and the rest of the team is playing out of their mind to make sure that he looks good on his exit. I, I think in general, like this, they're, they're very shaky. They're very jittery. This is their first match. So, I mean, I considered it a win for both sides. Uh, what did you think of it? Yeah, I, I do agree as well. Like the Justice are a very solid team already. Like they don't have that whole brand new, new car smell, you know? Um, but they are, they, they wanted to make, you know, Stratus look like the hero when he was leaving, you know? Um, he did a really good they job. They, they honestly. successfully did that. Yeah, they did a really good job at that. Um, and the Titans, obviously, you're going to have per, like performance anxiety for the first time that you're on. We saw that with Architect when he first like went on. He had like the jitters. Like everybody's afraid of being on stage. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. And like having that kind of pressure. Like everybody in this room is watching you and eleven other people play their hearts out on a stage. And if you don't um, do well, you get eviscerated on the internet by people. Exactly. Like, us. like yeah. So honestly, there is like I understand this is a brand new team for you know the the Vancouver Titans. If anything, I I would just be like you know get those get those jitters out. This is a easy. This is an okay game to lose. Like, but as long right, as you right. guys look like you have some form of you know cohesiveness, you could always become better over time so uh let's just hope that that's what happens with the titans um if this doesn't work out obviously you could change it later on um pick up a new roster if you want pick up certain players um there's you know an entire team's worth of free agents out there so you have an option to to pick up who you want so there's a there's a lot of that too i'm going to equate this to losing against the lakers on kobe's last game because like no one wants to do that on someone's last game. Like you make them like as, as much as you need the win, like you kind of want them to, to have that, that good feeling of winning at the very end, you know? Yeah. It's exactly that. You don't want to take away the spotlight from a person who's played doing something that they love. Like, it's more of a celebration of what they've done uh, rather yeah. than like making it all about, you know, this, this is the win right now. I mean, not going to lie Titans because of the whole roster thing, you don't have a shot at the mid season playoffs. So right now, all you got to do is just like not completely get destroyed. Yeah. Um, this is your time to learn. Yeah. This is, this is the learning phase. You can, you can take this semester off. Okay. Uh, Come back next semester when you're ready to go. If anything, gameplay-wise in this match, like, both sides are showing that they're, like, they're definitely not, like, high-caliber players. Like, both teams played really – they made some lot really big mistakes. Like, a, a big one that I noticed, if you look on the Titans' attack on uh, Hollywood, um, Dalton's just allowed to sit on the point and back cap to get almost two ticks, and, like, you can't – you can't do that. You can't just let – your tra- the tracer just sit there and get two ticks, not okay. Um, and anything if it, like it sh- this map showed that like the EMP is still like, I would say a god tier ultimate, because these fights were both sides are determined by who gets the EMP off first, or who's more effective in in getting the EMP. Yeah, I I do agree. EMP is like probably one of the it's still the strongest ultimate in the game just because of how how much it shuts out, dude. Like, I understand this. 
tank main life, dude. <laughs> you get and, hacked. You yeah. feel useless. Like, your life is over. You just sit there and accept fate. Uh, <laughs> like, like, my first uh, my first round with the Zomnix when we were playing, like, for our first game, like, they had a Sombra the entire game, and we just we just couldn't deal with it. Yeah, as a tank man, if you get hacked, like, that's it. Like, that's, that's a game. Like, I'd... I would rather not play against Sombra and play against like three Echoes any day of the week. <laughs> At least from Echo, I know that like if I hide, I I am safe. But Sombra, you just hear some beeps in the background, and next thing you know, you're like in a fetal position, getting kicked by their entire team. Uh, that is exactly what it is. <laughs> so I just hope that we don't have to go through that ever again. Um, but yeah, most people who do sleep on EMP don't. It it's the moment that you you get complacent that you realize that like EMP like comes out, you're done. You're done. Like that's yeah. it. <laughs> it's a slow building ultimate, I guess. But like, if you allow them to build it, then you're dead. Yeah, Sombra, you have to play kind of the same way how you played like Tracer. Uh, you get in the back line, you shoot them a couple times. If you ever get in danger, you zip out. You get you get your uh, HP back up, send your, send your translocator down, run off somewhere, slap somebody in the face, disappear. And then when you need it most, uh, you, throw, you throw the translocator. Um, you keep it away, by the way. And then you uncloak in the background, and then you run out there, you EMP, and then you translocate out. That way, you're, that way you survive. But the rest of the team is just like ready to go. Um, yeah. I remember when Sombra and Diva was a thing. That is like the most, like, uh oh, that's that's the game right there kind of deals. Uh, you you see the Diva bomb, you hear nerf this, it's up in the air. You you hear a decloak somewhere in the back. You hear Abagando Las Luces, just as everybody is behind your shield. Diva bomb lands. Uh, team kill instantly you, you you're just like I, I couldn't do anything and they're like yeah brian why didn't you have your shield up i'm like emp <laughs> what shield emp yeah what shield um that is why by the way if you're a lucio player if you have emp and they have a somber do not play anywhere close to us at all just like leave the game like, wait, wait until you know that EMP is going to happen. Or if you hear the diva bomb, just kind of peek your head out a little bit. Just don't stay in the cylinder. And then just drop the beat once you, once you know that the, the EMP is over. Then you'll be good. Because um, that literally saves lives. That yeah. and transcendence saves lives. So keep that in mind. Um, so let's move on to day two. The only two I watched this day were the Spitfire versus the Charge and the Mayhem versus the Titans. But the rest of the day was Spark three Dragons. The Dragons took 0 and 3, or 3 to 0. Uh, the Spitfire versus the Charge was a 1 to 3 in favor of the Charge. The Fuel versus the Fusion was 0 and 3 in favor of the Fusion, of, of course. Um, the Defiant versus the Shock was a 1 to 3 in favor of the Shock. And the Mayhem versus the Titans was a, a big 3-0. Um, yeah, so like, like I said before, I think the charge is, is top three in the Asian region right now. Um, the Spitfire are coming off of that strong return the day before after 10 weeks of not playing. So 
Um, I, I think a lot of these teams are suffering from all of this not having to not having played a lot. Um, and I think yeah. in general, it, it really – I don't know if they were complacent from the day before for after having the win or they were scared of playing the charge because they're so strong. But the London Spitfire are playing very defensively and they play way too slowly. I think throughout this matchup, they're very um, – they played very passively, which doesn't really work because then they're just allowing the, the charge to farm ults and just – continue gaining percentage yeah i i do agree like the spitfire are you know i wouldn't say taking a nap here um but if you don't have a team together for like 10 weeks or like no real like top tier experience going on you're you're gonna be less sharp right like the the charger playing out of their mind here because they've been playing against other teams throughout this quarantine. Um, the Spitfire are just like getting it together for the first time. So honestly, consider this a learning experience for now. Uh, you could definitely use the footage for later. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think like both teams in this, like the charge and the, the Spitfire are very reliant on using their ults to push just in general. Like they're, when you see a lot of the more top tier teams play, I they're able to do it without their alts. But this entire three maps is just build ult, build ult, build ult, push, build ult, build ult, build ult, push. Um, London was a little bit too reliant on the Blizzard, especially like if you look at King's Row, um, they were saving, they were pretty much relying on Blizzard to save them in that last push, but it got eaten and then everything collapsed for them. Um, yeah, and I think. Just in general, the Charge have been playing together for so long. The London are a, a newer team and haven't been playing that, like, even when Double Shield should have been better, especially on King's Row, um, the, the, the Guangzhou Charge are so comfortable with playing together and playing dive that they're able to take things, situations that shouldn't work and, and just use them for a win. You just have to learn how to win without ults um there are some things where you know that you need to like time out in certain certain fights you don't have to wait for like a certain ult to always want to fight i feel like this is just the way how it goes if you could win a fight completely dry or even force out the other team to use ultimates and you know your ult economy you win those fights 100%. yeah that's a victory fight because they don't yeah. have that ult yeah like for example, if you're on any form of attack, like either pushing the payload or, you know, attack on on a like Hanamura or something, like an assault map, if you force out ultimates during a dry fight, you're winning in that case. Um and when it comes down to once again, you don't you shouldn't you should never rely on an ultimate to win you every single fight. Um you don't have to always rely on Blizzard. You should always have like a second out so like yeah let's say the blizzard doesn't work right like but you freeze the rhine right like you freeze the rhine you take them out that's a free shatter like there's a whole bunch of other things that you can be looking at in order to win the fight and take it over um but yeah um 
it does take a lot of discipline to start getting that into your head. Um, you want to use ults as soon as you get them if you know that your team could get value out of it. Otherwise, like, you know, sometimes it is okay to save it up until you're ready to go. So the player in this match was Nero. I feel like it's just because his team won. But honestly, I would have given it to Glister on the London Spitfire because if not for Glister on this team, getting headshots and, and doing the really important work on the Widow and other heroes like he did, then I really think that this would have been done in in three. They wouldn't have even gotten that one map that they took. They wouldn't have, um, they just w- wouldn't have pushed as far as they could have without him. So if there's any player on the London Spitfire that I'm going to be watching, it's definitely going to be Glister to see um, if him carrying the team continues. So moving on to the Mayhem versus the Titans, uh, the second day of the Titans playing with this brand new roster. Florida is on a winning streak right now, but um, as Yaki said, like he talked about this in, I think, an interview that they played right before the round. Um, yeah, they're winning, but their teams that they've been playing against are uh, the Boston Uprising twice in a row, so it doesn't really say much. And then the team that they played against right now for that third win was the Vancouver Titans, who are still getting their feet in they're just get, getting their feet wet. They don't really have experience playing on this kind of stage. And yes, they've been in contenders bef- for a while, but I mean, just the psychology of the psych, not the psychology, but the mentality of being brought up to the big time is probably playing a lot against their nerves. Like, I feel like the entire map against the the Florida mayhem, um, the mayhem win very decisively. It's, it's not close at all. Like it was the day before, but with this match, I feel like they didn't respect the Titans at all, and the Titans really didn't show that they deserved it. They played very um, very scared. They're not very sure of themselves yet. Uh, I think this that's going to take time. Um, but and also, they're coming from a loss the day before. So, uh, that they're, I think they're in a rough spot. I, I do need to see the Florida Mayhem play against a better team before I like really judge them and how good they are because yeah, they're, they have, let me look it up. I think they, they're the number one seed in the North American division right now. And cause they have the best map deferential, but again, they're playing against bottom tier teams. Yeah, I do agree as well. Like the, the teams that are here, um they they pretty much got their spot because the other team was looking at them the entire time um i know that this is for first of all a lot of pressure you're a brand new team coming up into the overwatch league and you have to play against a team coming off of a winning streak like the like the mayhem but yeah um it does show that there's an experience gap here there's a huge experience gap and only over time will that be patched up um so it's okay uh washington justice or not washington justice i'm, I'm freaking that was last match <laughs> vancouver titans you guys just have to figure it out i know it's going to be tough for like the next couple weeks but once you get your foot in the door like you'll start winning something we we saw what happened with the with the Shanghai Dragons, like you can go 0 40 and then all of a sudden just become like the greatest. Oh, yeah. So, 
just time. Just give it time. Any matches that you watched that I didn't, Kevin? No, uh, the only one that I did catch was that uh, the Defiant versus the Shock match. And the really only thing that I could say is, you know, there was a little bit of echo play, but um, it really does depend on the way how your team wants to play her. She's kind of a very aggressive character rather mm-hmm. than, you know, what Mina Liao kind of created her to do. Uh, just imagine imagine making fighting the Onks and being like, whoops, I, I created massive murder machines. <laughs> and then she's like, you know what? We need a better massive murder machine. And that's how Echo was born. No, like, honestly, like, I thought she was, you know, I could still go on this rant where she's like, you know, she should have been a support, which would have made sense. But honestly, like, I, I guess that's the logic. Like, if you can't make a better weapon, just build a stronger one. Like, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll, we'll see how, if they go back, I hope they rework Echo uh, to make her a support because they kind of yeeted Symmetra out of that group anyways. So, give, give us another support. So yeah, the um, here's the standings right now in the North American division. I don't know what the Asian division is. Nope, they don't have the uh, the standings for the May tournament up. So all I have is the uh, North American division. So first place is the Mayhem, then the Shock, then the Valiant. Fusion is four. Rain is the fifth. Eternal is six, tied with the Fuel. So they're in sixth spot. Gladiators in the eighth. Justice 9th, Defiant the 10th, Titans are in 11th spot, and tied for 12th are the Uprising and Outlaws. Um, I'm not exactly sure what I think about these placements as of yet. I think that the Fuel should not be over the Gladiators, but then again, this is just taking into account these last two weeks of play. Um, I think definitely just the real test is going to be the actual May tournament. The May tournament, whatever happens in there, will kind of give us like a legit standing of like where everybody belongs. So now that we've like looked at all the matches, I I think the thing that really interested me is like, I didn't really see much echo play at all. Yeah. The like only I was time expecting that I... a lot more. Like people still trying her out and seeing how she fit in with... Um, the the meta as it is but from what i saw really it was just going back to the the may comps or the tracer sombras yeah i feel like echo is only as good as the team that knows how to use it um we i saw a lot of echo play when it came down to the shock game uh, when they played against the defiant um rascal's always on it Uh, oh they have rascal I, i yeah i understand you know literally that piece of it um but yeah, it really depends on the team and if they're willing to like use it for that. Um, I did see a couple of hiccups, honestly, in terms of echo play from the Shock and the Defiant. The Defiant took the first map and the Shock just kind of figured them out from that point. But I feel like echo is only good on like maps with no ceiling. So that's why Gardens on Li Zhang was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like, she's a lot better on attack than defense. Like she takes a lot of space for attack. If you're just trying to move in um, and she's, you know, like a space creator in that way, but on defense, 
like what is going to stop a team like an echo is not going to stop a team from moving forward into your team um, yeah it you're essentially playing a flank at that point and that's not the best way to play a defense or like a hold so hero pool for this week again we're this week we're going back to the algorithm so no more weird uh ways to pick heroes no more cats or drums or just flipping through the tickets um so last week again ash reaper ryan and brig were out uh this week the support heroes were percentage wise lucio was a 39.9 zen was a 35.1 baptiste was a 33.6 moira was a 28.6 and anna was a 23.9 we got the moira out um tanks wise um diva is 61.2 winston is a 49.8 arisa is 39.8 and sigma was 32.9 arisa got pulled this week which i'm actually kind of excited about because when the arisa is not in play the play tends to be a little bit faster and i think a little bit more exciting um a lot of teams are running different strategies without that very stable bunker comp so i'm excited to see hopefully a little bit more variety um and then dps wise echo um, contrary to me saying I didn't really see anything, was a 49.5%. Tracer was a 46. Sombra was a 28.2. May is a 25.1. And we got the Tracer May out. I'm sad to see the Tracer out because I'm always down for good Tracer play. I'm happy to see the May gone, though. Totally agree. I feel like this week is going to be a lot faster. Um, 100% because Lucio's still in the pool. Um, the tanks are kind of free to do whatever they want as long as they didn't want to run double shield. Um, and, you know, May is not in the game. So uh, it's going to be a lot faster pace. I, I hope to see a mix of dive, maybe a little bit of death ball. We'll, we'll see what comes around the corner um, and what teams want to run. It really is going to be determined by play style. Um, but at least the games will not be uh, get shielded get walled in, wait, push, K. And with the Moira being out too, like Moira, it's pretty much, um, if you're on attack and you have a Moira and you have coalescence, then you're using that to push. And it's like, it never really differentiates from that. Uh, so that's another thing that I'm kind of, I'm glad to see some variation that we're going to have on that front. So what are your predictions for how um, the rest of the May tournament is going to go and how, the the teams are going to place in the very end um i honestly think that they're going to be kind of where they are right now there's not a lot of like really big changes that i'm like uh like this is going to switch everything everything that we know um i do feel like it's kind of weird how you know like the atlanta rain and the paris eternal are still kind of like farther down they are still positive in terms of their win loss ratio but Honestly, like, whoever gets in the spots are going to get there. Uh, they deserve that. There's going to be a lot of switching if, especially in this last this last week, we'll see who faces off against who and where that settles everything. But, um, yeah, I think that the bottom teams are just kind of still there because they obviously aren't as great. Um, but it is going to be interesting to see who does qualify for the midseason tournament and especially like the, the nine through 12 slot, that's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah. I think like considering the, like how 
performance is kind of varying week from week still. I'm not going to really count anybody out yet, but I think that the top spots are are pretty much decided. So unless some team gets really beefy and like pulls off some really big upsets, I don't think we're going to see much of a uh, a change from what we're seeing right now. I think that the I feel like the the end of the North American division is going to be the Shock, the Fusion, and the Eternal. I think those three are going to be at the top somewhere. Um, and I think for Asia, it's going to be the top three are going to be the NYXL, the Dragons, and the Charge. I think that the Philly Fusion and the Dragons are going to take it, but I think that there's some wiggle room for the other two teams to to have some say in possibly an upset. Anything you're playing outside of Overwatch right now, Kevin, besides Valorant? Um, Just like in general? Yeah, because um, I'm going through. Um, I'm playing a lot of adventure games right now, so I've just beaten the the um, Uncharted series, and I'm playing the second Tomb Raider game right now. Um, so I'm on a very big adventure kick, going through getting all the shiny collectibles, which is driving me insane. Yeah, um, for me personally, I haven't been playing anything else outside of those two. Um, I'm waiting on like other games that I, I want to take a stab at um i want to play a lot more of my ps4 but right now i'm waiting i'm literally waiting on the on the the thermal paste to get here (laughs) and then literally my whole overwatch setup or like my whole like pc not pc like console game setup will be done it's like ready to go but everything else i have to like literally sit here and wait on so uh it is a little bit of a hold up weight uh, situation, but um, other than that, I did play uh, the Jackbox Party Pack. That's kind of a way to just keep everybody entertained, whether you're a gamer or not. Uh, it's a good party starter. Um, and yeah, other than that, I'm just waiting on like Crab Champions to come out uh, for Steam. And then, uh, yeah, I'm going to go pro in that. Cool. Well, um, Let's see what's what matches are we looking forward to next week before we we say goodbye for this week. Schedule. Schedule. We are on week fifteen. All right. Uh, I guess we'll go down the list. We'll start it off. Uh, we have the Soul Dynasty versus the Chengdu Hunters, the Spitfire versus the Dragons, the Excelsior versus the Spark. The Titans versus the Outlaws, the Mayhem versus the Justice, the Gladiators versus the Uprising, and then the Shock versus the Rain. And that will wrap up everything on Saturday. Sunday, we'll have the Charge versus the Hunters, um, the Spark versus the Spitfire, the Fuel and the Eternal, the Fusion and the Titans, and the Toronto Defiant, and the Los Angeles Valiant. Um, Out of these games... Like I feel like the Philly Fusion versus Vancouver one would have been good um, if there was the original Vancouver Titans, but honestly... How scared are you right now as the Vancouver Titans thinking, knowing that like you're going up against the Philly Fusion? I feel like if you could get a win on the Outlaws, I think you'll be okay. <laughs> uh, not, not saying that the Outlaws are a clown fiesta, but like if you can 
get a win like under your belt, then maybe you have a little bit of confidence going into the fusion. But I, I honestly don't see that happening anytime soon. So I think those are going to be straight slap downs. Um, the shock versus the rain, though, this is, I feel like that's going to be a really interesting match. The end of the day on Saturday, um, that one's going to be pretty good. And then I also think that the NYXL versus the Spark is going to be a really interesting game to watch. I think I'm gonna I'm looking forward to see the Spitfire versus the Dragons, just because I think the Spitfire are kind of a wild card right now. Is that they could do well if they just get their act together, but can they get their act together? Is is my question. Um, Florida Mayhem and Washington Justice might be interesting because. I kind of want I don't I don't think that the mayhem deserve their number 1 seed right now. Um I just want to see if if they'll be able to keep it, really. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be really interesting to see it play out. So um yeah, once again, we'll we'll see where everybody gets placed. Um the mid-season tournament feels like it's going to be kind of a big deal uh coming into obviously kind of revitalize the scene. Um, and also gives us something to, like, something structural to actually look at. Cool. Well, thanks for, for tuning in and listening to us talk about our favorite game. Um, it's not dead yet, so we'll keep on talking about it as long as it's around. Uh, thanks for listening to us, and hopefully you catch some games this weekend and listen to us next week. Have a great week, guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Next week, we watch the last games before the mid-season tournament and more Overwatch news. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.